Hello everyone, today we talk to country music star Felix Traver. We talk about his road to success and we delve into the business part of country music. You don't want to miss this episode, so stay tuned. Coming to you from San Antonio, Texas, welcome to The Creative Entrepreneur, a podcast created to help entrepreneurs build their business. Branding, marketing, analytics, positioning, and lead generation, plus interviews with other business owners to learn from their successes and failures. Now, here is your host, Abel Garza. Welcome back, everyone, to The Creative Entrepreneur, and today we have Felix Trevere, singer, songwriter, producer. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. Awesome. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. We're going to talk a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, but I also want to delve into how you're marketing your business, your brand, who you market to, who you network with, and how you go about in running your business as a singer-songwriter. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what you do. Um, well, uh, you know, uh, my purposes for doing this originally, I think, are totally different now than, than what they were when I started. That might actually be the case for anybody who jumps into a business. They kind of discover themselves an art, as an artist, maybe, if you will, uh, to realize that there's a certain thing that they love about what they do. And uh, for me, this kind of came together as I was doing my business, and I don't see anything wrong with that. You know, we're always discovering ourselves and who we are and what our purposes are. Uh, but when I originally uh, decided to do this, um, I was actually made kind of famous a little bit by MySpace Karaoke, uh, the actual social media uh, giant uh, back in the day before Facebook uh, took over the social media world. Um they uh, had a little karaoke thing that they were doing. It was only audio uh, technology about 12 years ago, if you can place yourself 12 years ago. Um, just picking up my audio vocals and singing karaoke songs, and uh, they liked what I sounded like, so they just started featuring me uh, on their front page uh, to advertise for, uh, with. Mm-hmm. Uh, just using my, just putting, posting my profile on the front and saying, hey, listen to this guy. This guy's great. That's awesome. Uh, so overnight, I had this fan base you know what do you do with that you know mm-hmm. because I had about 5,000 people just suddenly add me and that's uh you know in my mind that was 5,000 good people that were just following and that, you know that's a mm-hmm. that's a good base I didn't really at the time see it that way I think I was just riding the wave if you will I was a mortgage and loan underwriter trainer at USA mm-hmm. Federal Savings Bank at the time uh, had a million and a half lending authority and was doing something totally different uh, but before I even talk about that career, before that career, I was a high school band director. I taught oh, wow. high school band for Northside ISD uh, here in San Antonio. Well, Big, San Antonio's your home, man. Yes, sir. Awesome. Uh, I've grown up here. I, I like it here. I'm comfortable here. Um, you know, I grew up with saying never be in your, com- you know, a lot of band directors and uh, leaders telling me never be in your comfort zone. But uh, I've kind of found, found a little, you know, as, as we get a little older in life and, you know, I've already experienced a couple of careers here. I, I think it was time for me. Uh, doing what I love to do, this overstated cliche statement said a billion times, follow your heart, you know? Yeah. Uh, once I started following my heart and uh, just uh, pursuing my own passions, all the dreams that I used to chase uh, seemed to start coming toward me more. Yeah. So uh, this is full-time, you do this This full-time, is full-time, right? this is all I do. Uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. I have been uh, a slave to life, if you will, in right. the daily gridiron, waking up to an alarm clock and fighting the traffic in the morning, going and having a day job and uh, obviously nothing entrepreneur about that, you know, working for, for another uh, person. But I think I was just one of those individuals that followed society's rules of in order to be successful, you're supposed to have a, a full-time day job, uh, you know, and have a 401k and take your family on vacation every, every summer and just kind of fit into this plan that seems to be laid out for everybody in mm-hmm. this uh, ideal person. And I broke away from that. Um, and how, how long ago did you do that? This is about 10 years ago that, uh, that I went ahead and made this uh, leap of faith, if you will, and, mm-hmm. and just kind of dove into, uh, let's, let's see what the bigger picture of the universe has in store yeah. for me here. So we're in the trajectory of your career right now, from <clears throat> the time that you started to now, to making that decision. Where do you feel you stand right now? Where, you know, there's nothing... I like it. I like it because um, I like where I am. And this is where I say, you know, there are probably a lot of entrepreneurs listening to this and they're either going to think I'm crazy or that I run a terrible business or they're going to start to see my perspective and the angle that I'm coming from because I, I seem to more uh, regulate my workload uh, toward my happiness. I, I had to really define 
what truly is happiness. Is it uh, getting more gigs in, in my job, you know, uh, getting more work? Or is it uh, spending more time with my family and actually getting to uh, utilize my money? You know, mm-hmm. appreciate the moment of now rather than always living in my head, stressing about the future, uh, work, uh, just always scheduling, always just kind of just trapped in your mind, if you will, always thinking about how can I get better. Um, I came to this uh, revelation that, you know, the grass is always going to be greener in the mind somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, the mind, we, we battle our, our own minds here and, and sometimes become very self-destructive uh, psychologically over such a thing, always thinking that we haven't got enough yet. There's more stuff for me to go out and get. What is it, money? Is it uh, fame? Um, once you have done this for a little while, you start to see that everything that you have is pretty good right in front of you. I mean, I've got this beautiful front porch. Uh, we're having this conversation in my home right now. Um, exactly. You beautiful know, home, by the way. Thank you, thank you. I, I, and, and I'm paying for it still. This is the house that I had when I was a mortgage and loan underwriter. You know, I bought it as a... VA foreclosure, mm-hmm. um, because I was a trainer at a bank of mortgage underwriting. I knew all the rules and, you know, I was training underwriters to pull credit reports and make these decisions. I knew how to buy a house. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's just kind of one of those, uh, steps that, that help you, you know, if you've got the right mortgage, you know, and the right mortgage payment, you can pretty much just quit your job and do anything almost, you know, exactly. Uh, exactly. so, uh, I've got the, the place to live with a, with a good mortgage payment. You know, I think that's important for any business person to make sure that uh, your standard of living is a good debt to income ratio, uh, that, that you can manage. Um, I'm very happy where I am. Uh, I, my daughter, uh, lives here with me. I just got full custody of her uh, a couple months ago and that's congratulations. Thank you very much. And state of Texas, it's hard for a dad to do, I, I, yes. especially a Texas country artist, you yes. know, I mean, there's like whatever, you know, they decide to decorate me with that or whatever, uh, stereotypical ideas the judge might have about me. Um, I champion that judge for looking beyond that and actually seeing me to be a well credible individual uh, with a good mind on his shoulders and you know I'm not just out partying and doing band shows all the time there's yeah. a there's an actual goal and a purpose for what I'm doing Absolutely. Um, so how do I feel about where I am right now I'm very happy um, I I'm very comfortable it does get a little overwhelming for me sometimes as you walked in here you saw me on my laptop here mm-hmm. uh, yeah, wondering I did. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like for a creative entrepreneur you know you you're doing what you want to do and there's times where, for example, you're sitting in bed and you're just, your mind is just going. Yeah. It's just going and Always. going and going. And especially as a creative, you're thinking of new songs, your yeah. new ideas, where you're going to go, the trajectory of your, your career. So it's just continually evolving. I, I want to know, I mean, I was listening to some of your songs, which I have my favorite. Thanks. Yeah. Cool. Which one are you most proud of? Um, fake it till I make it. And uh, learn to be, uh, just because philosophically they say where where I'm, they say where I am. Uh, what I really appreciate about what I'm doing here is that this is my real life. If you look at my music videos, that's my real life. That's my real other half. That's my real daughter. That's my real everything, and uh, mm-hmm. or my real situation. It's a situation I've been through. Um, how tough has it been to put my real life out there? Uh, it, it is kind of tough when people really, you know, there's a lot of people I don't know out there that are watching my music videos. And, and that's something else as an entrepreneur I wanted to do is I wanted to be able to perform uh, on on YouTube without ever aging, you know. And yeah. I mean, I'm always performing for somebody without actually taking a step outside my door when, when you've got a YouTube channel. So um, I make sure to put good, colorful, uh, well-produced music videos out there uh, that really describe uh, where, where I was going when the angle of this song mm-hmm. uh, to really illustrate because people are becoming more visual these days. And so they sure are. Yeah. And so, I, you know, and I know especially for the kids and, and you know, they're the kids are what's uh, selling, every, you know, everything right now. So, you know, who is my base also? Uh, I embrace it all. I really do. I find a way to cater to every little piece of it. And I never feel like I'm have any shortcomings of it because I mean it, it, anything that doesn't really work it I just my perspective of everything is uh, always something to grow on there's always uh, going to be growing pains doors shut in your face and to me any door that shuts in your face is always a signal of another door opening always every time and it's up to me to find it so how, how many albums you got out right now? I've got uh, two full-length albums out there right now. I, I released a couple of EPs, uh, but even on the, uh, you know, I took some of those songs that were on the EPs because I, 
I don't stick to the game plan here. I, I, I'm very creative, as you say. Um, when I pr- uh, when I printed my last CD, and you actually t- now talking about a physical CD, uh, not something that's in your in your phone. Mm-hmm. You have to ask yourself as an entrepreneur, well, where does these physical CDs uh, lie with us anymore? I mean, because uh, if I'm going to spend money on making this physical product, um, do people even have CD players in their cars anymore? They, they, not, I don't think they're making CD players in cars anymore, but I, that affects me as an, as an artist and somebody yeah. who makes their money off of selling CDs. So I have to find value uh, in printing an actual full-length album. Um, so what I did was, uh, you know, every... You know, if you look at my album, it'll say in small print, special collection disc. You know, (laughs) you've got to give your fans something of value. So uh, they're going to get, you know, your your good old classic nostalgic, you know, you're selling nostalgia here, um, you know, because I'm I'm always shooting for this 90s country sound that you're also going to get because it's a sound that's gone away in today's market. So that's another point that, you know, I you always got to find those angles that you have. Um, I'm 45 years old. I know I know George Strait. I know Tracy Lawrence. I know how those songs were written. I've opened for Dean Dillon, George Strait songwriter. I know how to produce these. I have a music degree. Um, all these things kind of fell in place. I used to be a mortgage and loan underwriter, so I know how to not get myself in trouble uh, with debt too much. Too much, I say, because I am an artist, and, and I do borrow money to get to from point A to point B when it means that much to me. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I but basically... I put 21 songs on that last CD. That's as many as I could fit uh, information-wise on an actual disc. And I did that because I needed my fans to show some value, have something I could sell for $20 at my shows and say, hey, there's 21 tracks for 20 bucks. Y'all, you also get my signature on it. And so so when, when, you're, when, you're, when you're putting together an album, is mm-hmm. there some direction on yes. that album? Is it, is it there a theme to it? I think the theme kind of happens on its own because we're talking about my life here and uh, – we're really dissecting uh, any human being's life. I don't write the song unless it's relatable, unless people it's a, it's an experience someone else has gone through. Um, and I, you know, I try to make those experiences almost fine tuned to where it's like, oh, I really know what he's talking about there. Uh, but you know, the name of my band is called the Open Road. Um, and what does the Open Road mean? You know, uh, the road represents life. And if you've seen my logo, there's also a cross on the side of that road. That cross represented a lot of things for me because when I started uh, actually playing physical gigs and getting out there and get putting myself in front of a band, uh, there was a cross on the side of the road on the way to Bandera, Texas, where I got my start at the Longhorn Saloon. And Brian Black, who's Clint Black's brother, mm-hmm. started hiring me uh, to open all for, for open up for his best acts. He, he really liked my talent. He liked that I had 90s country music uh, that other people weren't playing. Um, but that, but anyways, going back to my whole premise of what my CDs are about, the open road represents life. Uh, the cross on the side of the road, uh, represents this goal or either God traveling with you because, uh, that just tends to be the mindset of a lot of people. Where is this goal? What is this finish line that we're trying to accomplish? Um, I've been trying to say throughout it that it's not a race, uh, to get to the finish line. There's no competition here against each other. Uh, we are all the consciousness of God. Uh, we're all one, and we all should be helping each other get to that finish line together rather than fighting each other because there's nothing that comes out of that. Uh, we're just destroyers that way. There's creators and there's destroyers. Uh, there are those. Uh, there's another song I wrote. I don't know if it's okay. You can just edit it if you, but Thou Shalt Not Bitch is another uh, song that I wrote. One I, I just listened to that. Yes. <laughs> I, I, actually, it's a catchy tune, man. I'm it telling is. you because I'm – and I'm like, should I – play this for mm-hmm. uh, yeah well yeah, i'm gonna say too, well though. you know let's you know just the intent and what i'm trying to say here is let's appreciate what we have let's let's stop this yeah. di- this self-destructive behavior of constantly complaining about the things that we don't have and start appreciating for a moment the things that we do have that are right in front of us because like i said the grass is always greener in the mind we're always fishing for something better thinking because as soon as we get this major prize we've been after maybe i got that number one single finally and it made number one on texas radio on the charts now what? You know, we put it in the closet and it collects dust and, and we're like, where do we go from here? And then we find out there's this, like a lot of artists do, they, they go into this depression because they're always trying to chase that number one again. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm always like, well, how do you feel? I'm happy. Why? Because I'm sitting at number 22, number 23. I don't spend too much money on all that advertising and, and, and stirring pots and pol- politics of uh, making sure that there, there's a lot of extra work that I could do, and I could kill myself uh, doing all this extra legwork to get uh, 
to climb through that those 20s and get to that number one spot or the top five spot. I've got a lot of friends that get number ones uh, that, that I write with, uh, other Texas country artists, and I see them working too hard personally. Mm-hmm. I see them not enjoying their personal lives as much as they could be balance is key balance is key and that's why i say people are either going to think i'm a terrible business guy or or, or my perspective is just genius you're not the first person to say that in fact a lot of entrepreneurs that is the key yeah we need a successful entrepreneur which is balancing your work and personal life yes sir and and you hit it right the personal life to me is really what it's all about here because i'm defined i've defined my business to be more happiness than it is money. You know, money does help, obviously, uh, because when we're struggling with that and we can't pay our bills, uh, things get very, very stressful. So like you said, there is a balance there. Uh, I do have to take phone calls when I'm I'm around the clock. Uh, uh, people will call me just whenever they're ready to book a band in a venue, uh, whatever it is, and, and that's any time of the day. Um, I leave my phone on. Sometimes I'll decide to answer it or not answer it, just depending on my mood, because if my mood is not right when the phone's ringing, I know it's better to just go ahead and let the voicemail get it or let a text come in uh, where I can answer it with a better mind, uh, because it also doesn't uh, help you to be in a self-destructive mode of a, or be in a bitchy mode, whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, and try to take... No, we, we can go ahead call. and cuss. It's okay. Yeah, yeah okay, all just, right, yeah, you know. We call it <laughs> Yeah, um, but, uh, but, you know, it, it's balance, you know. I've, I've really had to, you know, I almost came up with a mission statement uh, towards my process because a lot of my songs are helping others with anxiety, mm-hmm. if you will. Uh, this Learn to Be song that I have out right now, this waltz uh, about just learning to be. Uh, we fight our mind all the time as human beings. Uh, we are never happy with ourselves or we're never happy with things that we just... You can look, you can scroll through Facebook and see what the competition is doing and just let it... You know, but that doesn't happen to me anymore. I remember when it used to happen to me, but I'm glad that I've matured enough to get beyond... Uh, to, to not worry about what other people are thinking. Oh, he plays in San Antonio all the time. He doesn't get out and play in Dallas. I don't see him in Dallas. Well, that's because Dallas plays, pays me the same money that San Antonio does here, and there's plenty of places to play here in San Antonio with this very rich live music community. You just saw me uh, playing at Trader's Village, mm-hmm. San Antonio. There's not many bands uh, here here in uh, this city that are playing venues like that. Um, I, I'm very family-oriented. Um, I, you were talking about how do I brand myself. Um, people have gotten used to the cowboy hat, the old traditional cowboy hat. It's, it's a nostalgia that, I, that I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm selling here. I think when you hear some of the reminiscent songs that I'm singing, uh, as far as my cover tunes go, oh, there's somebody at the door. How about that? <laughs> that never happens. Um, but uh, when, when, when you come to my shows, uh, people have gotten used to seeing the cowboy hat, uh, the cowboy clothes i guess i have this george Strait, uh, clay walker tracy lawrence mm-hmm. kind of uh, rick trevino kind of look about me that uh, people aren't really seeing as much anymore um this red dirt country is something different yeah. uh, that's that's not really country to me um and i don't mind saying that i know you know it's, if you play red dirt that's fine i have nothing it, against it's, it it's you just, know it's who you are you know yeah. and I, I see what's coming out right now is <clears> i see you're you're a motivator and it comes out in your in your I mean, you're almost getting emotional, which is great because you're gonna make I me. Always you're gonna that. make me cry. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it's, it, what it's, it's going something on. very. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's the old high school band director in me. You know, yeah. I I was a high school band director because I wanted to motivate kids to get out of music what I got from it because what I got out of music was something great. Uh, I really learned what working together as a team can accomplish uh, with you know and feel proud of it. You know, just be proud of who you are. Pride was something I was. I'm not as prideful anymore these days, I you know, but but I think there is a base of uh, being a hard worker that we have to learn as kids. We have to under we have to make up our beds in the morning. We have to pick up after ourselves. Uh, I was taught that discipline growing up, and then when you're older, you can relax about it. I think uh, there there's I guess my ticket into heaven when I started being a band director was uh, just making good people. I was the drum major of my band. Um, I was in drama choir you know, one-act competitions, always just striving to be the best. I, I really motivated myself on just how much could I accomplish, how many things could I be in, how many things could I do. And Yeah, I mean, um, definitely this is <laughs> obviously something I, I, I feel very strongly about. It's um, 
I do have a passion for what I'm doing here, and uh, I, I'm trying to help others. Uh, just to put it very simply, I don't advertise that, that that's my purpose. Um, I kind of let people just kind of find that out on their own. I think once I start describing what I'm actually doing, I've had people tell me, oh, you're way, way over explaining this. Um, there is a big picture here. Um, I do want people to get something out of this. I do want people to realize that they can pick themselves back up. Uh, there are folks that uh, don't realize that uh, a lot of the joy in life comes from being able to pick yourself back up after falling down. Um, I describe life to folks as a, uh, you know, well, I, I said, like I described life as a road. Um, it's a windy, bumpy, crazy road. It's a roller coaster ride, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, there are people that actually, you know, uh, live for that roller coaster ride. Roller coasters go up and down, and that's what makes them fun. If uh, there was no ups and downs, uh, you know, in order to appreciate the ups, you have to uh, know the downs. And that's just kind of the way it is. Uh, yeah, now we've got a jet flying over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome, welcome to my house. Oh, it's okay. But, uh, um, it, you know, life has ups and downs. You can't appreciate the ups without knowing the downs. Uh, you can't appreciate an air-conditioned room without walking in from a hot, sweaty summer day. Uh, so does bliss and happiness work the same way. There's no way to have that measurable difference in between. Uh, it's always something. That's another song I've written. Uh, mm -hmm. It's always something. Uh, you've got to expect those doors to slam in your face. Uh, when you fall down, it's all about getting up again and, and finding that open door of opportunity. So I celebrate those moments sometimes uh, when things go bad because it's reached a point for me where I challenge myself to find the next door of open opportunity because every time something, uh, oh, I get, man, call it bad. I don't know. I, it, they're just experiences. Their experiences and um, you know who who conditioned us to see it as bad. It's up to us to go ahead and kind of flip that around if you're going to be positive and go forward. Mm -hmm. uh, so I move forward a lot of times down that open road because it's a big open road of opportunity, uh, and it's up to you. You can go this way or you can go that way, and the choice is yours. Yeah. Uh, are we going to drink ourselves because that happened, and, yeah. and maybe go in reverse, or are we going to uh, move forward and find that open door of opportunity? And, uh, because I mean. I take it as that door was closed on you for good reason. Uh, call it God, call it the universe, uh, whatever you want to see it. I, I guarantee you, though, that happened for good reason, and that's for you to move on and to uh, find something uh, that is better in store for you that the universe has planned for you, if you will. That's awesome. And, you know, I'd like to talk a little bit about how you market yourself. I mean, you talked about, you know, building mm -hmm. value and creating yep. value with your customers. Yes. Okay. Over, over the course of your career, you know, how have you evolved in, in marketing yourself? Because I know it's, it's a difficult thing to do. I love do. the word evolved because it, it has evolved. I think when I started this business, I was chasing fans, you know, not necessarily, you know, I've let it come more to me and that's a harder thing to do because it takes patience and it takes time. But I don't literally go out there putting myself out there all the time. Uh, the way I tend to do it is I, I like to let my fans do this for me. I like, I like the source of information about me to come from other people. That means that my performance has to be on the money every single time. I mean, there, there are things that we have to do to make sure uh, that people are talking about us. That means that we can't afford to drop the ball. We do need to cross our T's and dot our I's. I need every performance to be on point. I need my band to uh, be on point. Uh, that, you know, being a high school band director, and I never, I didn't mention, but a drum corner national uh, world champion with the cadets of Bergen County from Bergenfield, New Jersey, is a mellophone player. Just some other whole different thing I did that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But that uh, instilled discipline and hard work in me. Um, how do I market? Uh, Facebook <laughs> is great because mm -hmm. people... There, it's boy, there's a lot of followers. I'm just, you know, I don't want to put down uh, the people that are on Facebook or, or to speak uh, badly about that uh, whole family because I've got my whole family and that's my bread and butter. Um, people, I go ahead and let myself be tagged to all the good stuff. If I see something bad, I, I won't accept it on my timeline or whatever it oh. is, if you know, but um, I just make sure that people are sharing uh, what they see. Uh, the pictures that are being put out there are. are all appealing. I'm always smiling. I'm always being positive. Um, and I let that do its work for me. I feel like the more I say me, 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 I, I disassociate with people. I think people uh, 
tend to disconnect and say, well, he doesn't, he doesn't make me feel like me. I'm not as comfortable or I don't feel as personable with him. I've made myself very personable. I, I go down and I talk to my crowd. I sing to the people. Uh, I've got a wireless microphone. I get very up close and personal. I don't disappear during my set breaks. I go out and I talk to, to my fans and I, and you know, very honestly, I don't feel this movie star privilege that I think I, I see a lot of artists really uh, with this narcissistic behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really think that uh, the, the red carpet needs to be rolled out for them. And those kind of attitudes, I just don't get off to. Um, I'm very much a people person. I'm always down there. I think I met you just kind of chilling walking around and yeah, talking yeah. to my fans. And yeah. uh, I, you know, and, and we were taking pictures, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and people go home with the pictures and it promotes, prompts somebody to say, oh, who's that? Oh, this is Felix Trevere. And he and suddenly someone else is doing the sales for me. Yeah. Uh, I'm not selling a thing. Uh, I am making good music and I'm putting it out to radio. I'm doing what I can to make sure that uh, radio is playing my stuff. You know, we, I've, I've hired I've spent a lot of money on radio promoters uh, to do this, and and it's been something that I've not really been too happy with because there's so much politics involved with it. Um, I don't like politics playing its place in art, but I think that's just kind of how it goes these days. Uh, There's a lot of money floating around out there, and there's a lot of uh, people backing artists, and they want to see their artists do well, so they put that money where it goes. If they're buying advertisement from that radio station, well, obviously that's going to get a lot more spins uh, mm-hmm. than I can get. So it takes money to, uh, you know, those politics of yeah, buying I did, ads. I didn't really realize that, that that there was so much politics involved with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a, uh, I think the number, like, uh, for a song to hit number one on the chart, they're like, it's some crazy amount of like 2,000 spins that's not even possible in a week. Uh, radio stations will go ahead and float that number of spins more than, you know, it's not possible to play a song three times every hour, you know, and if you are, then gosh, you know, but, uh, that's kind of where, where it's at here. Uh, you either have legitimate spins or you have some of those, uh, tagged on spins that, uh, buying ads, like I said, from the radio station will do, uh, or sponsorships and those sponsorships are catering or whatever it could be. Um, there are a handful, there are. Uh, there are some radio promoters, and I don't mind saying the names, Rick Hogan. Um, uh, he's one of the big ones. Uh, trying to think of the names. So it doesn't matter. But there are uh, two or three radio promoters that get you those number ones. Uh, they charge a lot of money to the artist. Um, you just come up with, if you want the number one, those are the guys. You know, They'll either take you or they, they're usually, they've got too heavy of a clientele workload. Um, I paid a lot of money to one uh, radio promoter who just had too much of a clientele. He was getting a lot of money from a lot of artists, and and it becomes very hard to promote uh, twenty artists uh, on an email. And you know which one do we prefer here? You know, and so there's always preferential treatment, and it's uh, it's just hard to get out of the the fact that my songs are making number twenty two and twenty three just kind of on their own, on their own merit. That is, that is phenomenal. I'm, I'm happy with that. So that brings me to another question. What platforms are you using other than just traditional radio? You, you, I heard you on Spotify. YouTube, uh, because it's free. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm, there's a lot of artists that, uh, they take it personal if, if, you know, there's somebody streaming their song on YouTube and they're not paying any money for it. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, you know, that, that's a different philosophy for me, too, because I don't really need to get paid for my song. If people are walking around the street and they're singing my song in their head, that means they heard it somewhere. Um, I'm all about just getting my songs heard, uh, and the rest will come. Uh, you know? Uh, so let's, let's not lose ourselves here in trying to make pennies uh, with, with a couple of streams, you know, or somebody ripping a song or whatever. I give my CDs away. Um, if I see kids, uh, you know, you know, supporting Texas country and I'll go walk right over and hand them one of my CDs. What am I going to lose on that? I give demo CDs away free all the time. Um, I don't mind, gosh, that that's money I paid a long time ago. It's already, uh, you know, I don't care. I really don't care. I'm happy. Um, what do I define happiness as? It's, uh, people are actually singing my songs. If it's playing in their car and they're playing it out to everybody, that's free advertising to me. Uh, they're playing it loud. Please play it loud. 
yeah. and play it free. I don't care. What has what has been the most challenging part of, of this whole trajectory of your career? I would say the politics and the people. Um, they're they're you know I guess it they're I guess <laughs> they're different ideas out there that float around sometimes and just suggestions and you know I, but I've learned the balance and all that. Uh, I'd say the hardest thing is just really the politics and and just dealing with knowing that. I don't play at that venue because this artist that is sponsored by that alcohol brand uh, knows that I'm sponsored by this alcohol brand, and so I'll never probably play there, you know, and just kind of dealing with things like that. Um, you know, and you're going to find that anywhere. It's just the, po the politics and art, because when I decided to be an artist, I really didn't think there was going to be politics or that uh, other bands would take a competitive spirit toward you, uh, much like Dallas Cowboys versus 49ers. Everybody has this very competitive spirit about everything. And I do cater to a crowd that loves football. Come on, I'm a country artist, mm -hmm. and everybody loves football, and they just love being competitive. So I wasn't prepared really for, for when, I, when I came out here and did this, that people were going to be like, oh, it's this artist versus that big San Antonio artist. Oh, well, I support this one. Oh, well, I support this one. Well, I got, well, I'm wearing my shirt, and then, you know, we both play at the same venue one day, and then all our fans are just sitting there acting like there's some sport, sporting event happening, and that's yeah. not at all the case. Um, I have a bigger purpose for my music, and it's that. And so just kind of seeing this competitive spirit which is why you hear in some of my songs, this is one I wrote called Quantum Cowboy, where I just say there's no race, no competition, breathe in and close your eyes to see. You know, close your eyes to see. Very. Yeah. Well, what is, what is some good advice that you would give somebody coming into the industry, somebody who's, who's, who's got the voice, they, they want to put the word out there, they want to write? If they have the voice, you know, and they've got the talent and it's already there, uh, just keep doing you. Uh, don't, don't watch another artist and try to do what they're doing because that's them. And you're never you're never going to steal their fan base by trying to act like them because a lot of artists get jealous when they see another guy's fan base or they say, "Oh, well, come and see my show." Come and most fans that are wearing Dallas Cowboy jerseys are not going to go put on a 49ers jersey. They're just not. Um, makes sense. I got to a certain point where I realized that these people that are doing I need to create my own fan base. So I just started doing me becoming very, very humble about what I was doing and just playing as much as I could, as often as I could, wherever I could get it, and always doing me. There's little cringy things about yourself that, that as an artist, you know, I don't like that about my voice or I don't like that about my look. It, people, those, that's called unique character that makes you who you are. Um, there are a lot of people that think it's all about the voice and it's all about singing. I'll be the first one to tell you that I'm not selling a beautiful church voice here, a choir voice. I'm selling a personality and, and a story. And when you tell that story, it's much like Pixar animations. I am voice acting in that. Uh, and and I am selling, I, I'm singing with that all the emotion that I felt when I wrote that song. So you're getting my interpretation, and I'm putting on, uh, I'm putting on a movie for you. The best uh, singers that I've ever, like Anne Hathaway and uh, uh, what was the, uh, Les Miserables. Okay. Um, well, it's the most amazing performance of I Dreamed a Dream I've ever seen. And she's not a singer. She's an actress. Uh, and she sold that with just the most amazing heart, just in tears. And I've, I, and it was all in one take, too. And, I mean, I'm blown away still by that performance. I'm going to um, have to check it out. Yeah, the best, the best, you know, and Hugh Jackman can sing, too? What? You know, I'm finding all these actors can sing. <laughs> you know, yeah, well, I mean, you know, you find out that these guys don't just have talent. Uh, they're, these are voice these guys are very talented. They can mock anything. They can act anything out, and they sell that emotion. They have pitch inside of them. They can hear pitch. Uh, but I was kind of blown away to see your best singers are, are really actors and actresses, and that's kind of what I do in the studio. Um, I'm not speaking with much of a country voice right now, you know, um, yet when you listen to my songs, you're yeah. you're going to hear that, you know. And like I said, you know, we're selling nostalgia these days. Disney does that. That's what they do. They sell us nostalgia. Uh, they're selling us our memories, and so I... Bank pretty hard on my 90s country music because I'm, if people listening to country, there's an image that goes along with that, and I make sure they see that image. Uh, my logo was also a very big thing. I was very, you know, uh, making something catchy that uh, that identifies with my image, uh, the Texas flag, Felix Traver, you know, and just, you know, we're country. I do not, uh, I also have a very, very good balance. Uh, 
as someone who sees balance in good traditional values, good traditional conservative values, but also good evolving, liberated, free mind, okay, if you go too far to one side of the seesaw, it's going to tip very heavily that way. And you know what? The other side ends up having to go very far on the other side to balance that out. So we have to be very careful that we find this middle ground again Absolutely. and become balanced and understand that there's checks and balances here and that we are uh, both watching the other side. I, I mean, as I go about my day, just my average daily business, I, I, I'm kind of I'm a little bit dismayed to see the uh, – the 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 the, the fighting going on here because they they go so extreme to one side just to try to balance it back out and it, and it you know causes a lot of fight uh, all of us have that balance on the inside it's yin yang uh, yeah like i said you can't appreciate an air conditioned room without walking in from a hot summer i think eventually it, it comes back anyways you know it, it, it may does. tilt over but it's mm-hmm. going to it's going to teeter back the other it, way it always is going to and it has to there's there's no other way to do it, uh, it it's got to be balanced uh and so I'm usually very, very quiet about that. I help people to manage themselves uh, through their decisions on how they strike. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, there's no need to strike uh, sometimes. Um, so you, you talk about doing you, being you, being, being yourself. You. Mm-hmm. Are you networking with any other artists? Or are you networking with other, uh, other people that are helping you? Right now, um, you know, I've just started to te- uh, test the grounds. I think I was in particular, a bit kind of hard by that competitive spirit when I started because there were other artists that saw me as a competitor when I went into this business, and they were already in the business for years uh, working at the same uh, the same venue, Let, let's say, you know, Stetson Bar, Thirsty Horse Saloon, and, they're in, and suddenly we're back in the 80s, and it's like Prince Purple Rain, the movie Purple Rain, and there's yeah. only... This this bar is only big enough for one band, you know, and it's like these two bands. He's like, you got the Morris Day, the time, and you've got uh, the kid, Prince and the Revolution, uh, kind of <laughs> going at war with each other here over who's going to perform on that stage. I think that's so silly, but I was bit so hard by that when I started that I kind of just, there was this conditioning that ha- I was conditioned to kind of almost feel like every artist uh, saw me as a competitor, and that really made me quiet. It really made me quiet. It just made me do you. And, uh, but uh, recently, as I've um, been working in this business and, and gaining, I guess, a lot of accolades for myself or whatever it is, people are respecting what I'm doing and putting out more albums, showing that I can write, showing that I can produce. Uh, I'm not just a karaoke guy. That was, the, uh, that was the big thing is that I came from MySpace karaoke. And a, and a lot of uh, artists that were playing their guitars on stage, who's this karaoke guy? Yeah. There's no room for karaoke and live music. and So I got made fun of quite a bit when I started this. And it was very vicious because social media just started. And social media was a place you could just bully somebody to death with their fans. So the fans of the existing artists just bullied me to death. And this town is only so big uh, with so many country fans watching live music. So I was on the lowly scale uh, having to prove myself as a karaoke artist. So how do I respond to that? Um, I have a music degree, man. Uh, so... I write, I, it's not easy to do, but I wrote a bunch of songs by myself, and uh, I went to the studio, produced them by myself, made sure they sounded. Uh, I, I found out by doing that, you know, you, if you're just a karaoke guy, you know, and, and you've been working in a bank and you've been a high school band director, you don't necessarily know how they make songs in a studio. But I found out very fast that I could speak that language. But I found out very fast uh, that. I knew the language of these uh, of these studio engineers. I could actually speak with them. And I saw the studio engineer sit up in his chair really, really tall and be like, oh, my gosh, this guy knows, knows what he's talking about. I can't just wing this and just give him a CD. He's actually going to come back and say, oh, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. The fiddle's out of tune right here, and we need to adjust this. No, okay, you know, the vocals aren't quite lining up here on the harmonies. Let's line those up, and let's make sure that we've got a good Nashville-quality representation here, you know? Are you going to say those guys in Nashville can make better songs than we can in Texas? No, I, you know. And so, the stu- I, so I challenge my studio engineer. I become a band director in that uh, in that producer room, and uh, so I produce my own CDs. But that was the best thing I could do is actually come out with my own album, and show everybody. Oh, look, I wrote all these songs and produced them, and oh, look, they're hitting the chart. You know, that's pretty cool. That's and awesome. that was the best thing I could do, and I did so very silently. I didn't go out and brag about myself. I just put my songs out there and let everybody see it. 
and let all the people that were speaking say, oh, I haven't even done that yet. I'm still yeah. singing covers on stage, or yeah. I can't even strum a guitar, <laughs> for that matter. Um, well, you, so, de- you definitely got tough skin. I was a high school band director. I was a high school band director, and, I, and, I, and, and man, I've, been, I've fallen down, right? And, and I had to learn how to get back up. And that builds a tough skin. It builds a pretty good. Um, but collaborating, no, uh, collaborating. Um, I've also just recently, uh, as as my accolades have built here, uh, I have been invited to write with some of the best songwriters in Texas. Uh, the Drew Fish Band uh, songwriting retreat. I was invited to that by Drew Fish. Um, I just randomly was at Thirst, Thirsty Horse Saloon. Um, they needed another songwriter to fill one of the stools. Um, I got a phone call at the last minute to go fill that songwriting chair because uh, I had just come out with an album and I uh, sat in that chair, sang my original songs, and I had I had a whole you know row of stools there. Look over and say, "Who's this guy?" Yeah. And uh, that took me to some high places. And you know what, man? God bless you, Drew Fish. Thank you so much, Drew Fish Band and, and Drew Fish for uh, not really knowing me. He had, he had seen my name on the chart and he listened to my stuff. He said he studied me. He said I was like nineties country music just stepped right off the plane. And I was like, awesome. <laughs> so my branding is working, Yes, you know? Uh, cause that's how he, that's how another artist making number ones in, in Texas radio saw me. And to hear that come from his mouth and just actually say, bro, you're really good. And you know, it's like, you know, something I noticed about you though, Felix is like, you, you, you listen to, you, you have more direction than you think you do. You, you kind of take that uh, follower seat sometimes and you just kind of observe and he goes, I'd like you to be more, yeah. uh, stand on your pedestal here and go ahead and tell us how to do this because you have a lot more knowledge than you think you do. Well, well, you know, with all the haters out there, it's right. good to see that somebody can see yes. your potential and help you and, and just know you just by hearing your voice, by, by, the message that you're you're putting out there, it, it's nice to see that there's people out there that will give you that opportunity. That's when that genuine smile comes out of me uh, because it makes me feel like everything that I've been doing here to be humble, to be quiet about this and not, you know, because I didn't do this to compete with anybody. I mean, I had full-time careers, and I did this because this was more of a, you know, after a second divorce my goodness, you know, I mean, that's personal life right there. Uh, it's hard to stand up again, and you become very humbled about the whole picture of life at that stage. I wasn't trying to prove anything to anybody. I just wanted to do what I love to do for a living and to kind of see, you know, at that stage, you know, when, like I said, Facebook was brand new and everybody was just kind of having their heyday on Facebook, just posting whatever they want, and they felt like they could hide behind a computer. Um you can't really hide behind a computer anymore. People know that, you know, you eventually run into that person. Uh, it, so it's kind of quieted down. But when I started, like I said, I, I just, I had a hard time uh, because I came from that uh, karaoke world of MySpace. Uh, I wasn't, uh, like I said, I wasn't performing on stages or anything. I was just a mortgage and loan under, underwriter trainer at the time. And so nobody really knew anything about that I was a band director or that I was, you know, they just uh, saw this karaoke guy come in and uh, start uh, taking the gigs, if you will. It was like, who's this guy taking the gigs? Oh, he sings karaoke. You don't want to hire that guy. He's a karaoke guy, and like, you know. But you know those situations that you were put in. They built me into who persevere. I am, and I see it that way. I absolutely do. I don't think I could have written uh, "Fake It Till I Make It" without that. I don't think I could have written "Learn to Be" without that. I couldn't have written uh, most of these songs, Thou Shalt Not Bitch, uh, which won me Best Original Song at the San Antonio Music Awards uh, for one of my, the first songs I've ever written. Um, it's, it's rewarding to see that, you know. Uh, all, this, uh, all this Disney stuff, believe, you know, keep moving forward. Uh, I'm a big fan of Walt Disney because of his, uh, all, all of that innovation, and, uh, self-motivation, and, you know, it being intrinsic and, lighting a fire under you to follow your heart. You know, as I keep saying, an overstated cliche statement said a billion times for very good reason. Um, and just be careful about thinking that money and work constant uh, is, is what success is. You know, it it's it's distracting to, you know, it, it, it it's a good distraction from life, but if you really want to appreciate life and appreciate your moments, um, just really start evaluating what, your happiness is or where it is. Cause if, if you're, if you're walking around just complaining all day, 
maybe just take a look at what's going on and you know I, some people love to work man like i know you're a hard worker you got all these businesses and <laughs> you know uh and and doing these podcasts driving all the way to my house here from converse and yeah and then hey, don't be telling people this. where i live oh okay no, I don't <laughs> <laughs> well as a converse is a big place There's a lot of people there so yeah but um you know i appreciate you coming out here and just uh Picking my brain a little bit. On Man, what I really appreciate doing. you coming on to the Creative Entrepreneur. I know we're just starting out, but you know what? It, it's it's a it's a breath of fresh air to understand how creative entrepreneurs build their business, how they evolve some of their failures, successes, and being able to communicate that with other entrepreneurs who are trying to build their business is essential, especially when you're starting out. Yeah. So, for you to come on the Creative Entrepreneur, we are. Um, huge fans now. That's uh, great. Man. Thank I, you. I, I'm honored to be here with you. Uh, you're an inspiration to me and our listeners, and I, I thank you so much for coming on. And if we can do anything for you, please let us know. <laughs> I get I get all bashful about it. I would just big blush bomb for stuff like that because I never really know what to say. I, I'm just appreciative that I'm able to influence other people to this measure because this is what I wanted to do as a high school band director. Uh, I would be in tears talking to my kids all the time about this motivation and um, the easy path not always being the best path. Sometimes the, the best lived path is that crazy rocky one that you just, you know. Uh, so I, I just appreciate the, uh, the influence that I'm having on people with my music and my philosophy. Um, like I told you when you came in here, I was like, I, I can't tell you a whole lot about business, but I can tell you a lot about the philosophy behind what I am doing as an entrepreneur and uh, what it's meant to me. I just, I, I respect other people. You know, I, I think first and foremost, uh, I, I try my best to respect everybody, even when you're being told how to maybe don't do this or don't do that. You do too much of this or you do too much of that. Just still wearing my smile and saying I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best and I'm learning as I go and nobody can take that uh, take anything from you when when you're just doing your honest best and putting your best foot forward. Awesome. And so that's fake it till I make it right there, you know the song. But you told me you had a favorite. What was your favorite? I th I think uh um what is it? Is it back in San Antonio? Back, back to, to San, San Antonio. Antonio. Yeah, that's a back good one. That's yeah. a that's a beautiful song. You know, I actually am a co-writer on that one uh with a, and and that's uh interesting because it sounds so different from my other tunes, and it's why I went, you know, I, the song had already been written and demoed uh, by a buddy of mine named Evan Webb, who actually is the first person to get me into the studio and record. He's like, hey, man, he heard me singing karaoke somewhere is what he did, and this is about 12 years ago. Uh, and he said, I'd really like to get you into the studio to demo some of my music. I, it would help me a lot if I had a better voice on, on this stuff. So, so he pulled me into the studio, and I, ah, I was like, I could do this. I understand how this works. And I started, you know, taking over a little bit. And so I, I kind of modified a lot of the words and, you know, and went in as kind of a co-writer on the thing. And, and, you know, it's like, are you okay with me doing this? And he's like, yeah, bro, I understand, man. If you're going to record this and put it on your CD, then of course, you know, Definitely. so I uh, modified a lot of the words and just kind of went on as a co-writer on this. And, uh, and made, we made the music video. It followed my time, uh, my, my personal life very well. Uh, with the little girl and there being my daughter and uh, you have expectations going into a relationship when you do and then suddenly realizing you have different plans or different you know and that's just kind of how life ends up or works out sometimes and you know how do you get through that and then making that choice to follow this path instead of that path always a very difficult choice to make because we get into our comfort zones and you know we're all very comfortable sometimes with where we are, and sometimes it just, gosh, taking that step forward to get out of a situation is just the hardest thing in the world, and man, I have done that before, and it's very hard to do. That song is all about that. Yeah. It's watch the music video. Yeah, I did watch the music video. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for I everybody at home. Video yeah. and I watched the video, and uh, or I watched the video, and I listened to it on, uh, on Spotify. Passion in that one, yeah. a lot of passion very, in that very one. Nice song. Yes, sir. Very nice song. Yes, sir. I'd have to say that's another great song, but because I co-wrote that one, you know, um, I I guess if I'm talking about songs that I've written myself, uh, you know, I guess the fake it till I make it just as describes my family and what I've been doing all all you know, I, it 
it has not been financially easy when you're recording a CD and you're funding it yourself. Because let's also keep in mind here that I don't have a label paying for everything for me. Um, I'm having to do this myself. And while I was recording those CDs and actually throwing every dollar I had on that studio engineer's desk (laughs) with my gig money, uh, and saying, how many hours does this get me in the studio? And then just trying to work really fast and just be like being like a demon in there. And just that poor guy, like, I can't work with this guy. He's like, too, he's like, I'm trying, Felix. I'm trying, to, you know, and I'm sending him emails right here on this spot right here. We need to do this and we need to do, you know what? I'm going to change my mind here. Let's go ahead and recur this fiddle theme over and over. We're going to, you know, and so I'm sure I'm not the easiest guy to work with, but what's been really cool is watching the other studios come and try to hit me up to record my songs. That's because a, it, that's amazing. It, it really is. And that's amazing. It, when you, when you see that kind of respect coming, it does make you, as Drew Fish told me, uh, stand up a little taller and go ahead and be that director. Stop, mm-hmm. stop trying to, um, not step on people's toes. Cause I do that a lot yeah, in this business. You can upset a musician diva really quick. You know what I mean? It's they operate. They don't operate on the same rules that I did when I was an underwriter and showing up to work on time every day. Show up whenever they want to, and you, you can't really tell an artist how to do what it is they've been doing for twenty years because they're already stuck in that way, and they've got you know all the reasons why they do it that way. But um, that's another thing I had to learn about artists versus uh, the the daily public that wakes up to an alarm clock and shows up to work on time. That's uh, awesome. Artists well, are different. I think we're here. We're out of time. But uh, like I said, man, I, I appreciate you coming on The Creative Entrepreneur. You're an inspiration to me and our listeners. And I'm so happy to have had you on the, the show. You you are exploding. And um, I, I'm so happy for you. And I'm very proud of you for uh, doing what you do. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. It's great to meet you. I just met you a few days ago, actually. Uh, just at my last show. I know. And, uh, it's great to meet you, too. Yeah, thank you, Cowboy Jerry, for, for calling him over and saying, hey, you taking pictures over there? Come take a picture of us. <laughs> good that old reminds Cowboy me. Jerry. <laughs> he wants to do a video. I have to get with him. Yeah, good old Cowboy Jerry. Your continued support for this channel gives us the opportunity to bring new guests and help women, veterans, and minority-owned businesses gain some insight on the successes and failures of other entrepreneurs. If you have not already done so, please subscribe and share. Help us build this platform to help other aspiring entrepreneurs. Thank you for listening to The Creative Entrepreneur. Please click the show notes for additional information. Want to know more? Click on the subscribe button and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by visiting us at tcepodcast.net.